Just a, uh, and a few announcements to make. Obviously, you're seeing tonight there's a little bit smaller in numbers. There's a reason for that, and I'd like to make a couple of announcements. I met with Brother Biscal today, and um, we have a little bit of a, a situation at the school. We have, I believe, nine or ten of our children have COVID. So we are uh, very conscious of that, and we want to be uh, in prayer regarding that. So let me just start with the announcement. Let me follow my notes so that everybody is completely, hopefully, as clear as I am at this point. I, I want to make an announcement and make clear a statement I made on Sunday, because apparently a couple of people um, were a little bit confused when I said that the border is open uh, on the Canadian side. It is indeed open. But you need, of course, to have your vaccinations done, and you have to have a negative uh, uh, COVID result to pass from the U.S. into Canada. So I just wanted to clarify that. Indeed, it's open for the U.S. We haven't had the privilege yet to be able to drive down. But when we can, we will. Um, next, we have, uh, as I said, a number of cases over at the school. Right now, I think it's at nine, and a couple more tests are being done. Brother Biscal and myself, we certainly don't want this to spread into the church. That's what we're trying to be very cautious of. So we're making an announcement tonight to protect our children, our families, and our elderly who might not be vaccinated, yet I trust most are and will be in the near future. We don't want to go backwards. We've been going forwards, and God's been moving in a special way, a wonderful way, and... Um, we don't even want to go back to limited numbers. We don't want to go back to where that is, was. Uh, we don't want a possible mandate of a shutdown. We don't even want to do a voluntary shutdown, because that is not nice also. 
So we want to be able to uh, do our part so that this COVID virus will not spread into our local assembly. So if someone in your family has tested positive or you've been in close contact with that person, please be considerate, super considerate of others and those you are around. We want to limit the chances of causing a spread and we're trying our best of our ability to be as close to the same guidelines that have been recommended by BC Fraser Health. So for our assembly and myself, Brother Biscal, we're recommending that your family stay in a close circle rather than having a large group of people. Just try and keep your families around yourself for the next couple of weeks. Limit your gatherings, especially the young brothers and young sisters who seem to be uh, ones that are being um, very sociable. We want to limit that if possible and if parents would take control of that just for a couple of weeks so that we don't get this cross over. So God's moving uh, marvelously among us and we just don't want the enemy to hinder the moving of the Holy Spirit. Of course, we have these challenges and we all work in different work environments, but all workplaces tell their employees, if you're sick, stay home. We are a family and um, we need to be considerate, those not only beside us, next to us, but those that are behind us and in front of us. We have not been this way before, but we'll do the best that we can we will, we will pray and believe that God will have his way amongst us. We are a blessed family, the family of God here at Cloverdale Bible Way. And we want to protect one another and to stop a, um, a spread amongst us. I personally know of three churches that have been shut down recently for over two weeks. And so we want to do our very best that we don't have to. So I think we should be um, sanitizing ourselves when we come into the into the assembly. Again, maybe we do a little bit of uh, more social uh, distance. Just being considered. I'm not putting any bondage on anybody, but it's just best to be considered of one another. We have wonderful elderly people in the church, and we don't want to cause any disruption whatsoever. God has watched over our assembly, and I want to thank the Lord for that. So God bless you, and we will go forward. Amen. I'm pressing on the upward way, higher ground. Sing that together tonight. No, I'm pressing on the upward way. Higher ground is the title of the song. I'm pressing on. The upward way, new heights I gain every day.
Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. There's higher ground to be had. Amen. There's land to take. There's possession to gain. Amen. We just want to keep pressing on. Amen. Amen. He is my peace that hath broken down every wall. He is my peace who has broken down.
that is the truth. Touching Jesus is all that really matters. We have a prayer request uh, written in here from Brother Leon Gerland. And um, you'll remember last week, Brother Raul Soriano. Okay, Roa Soriano from the Philippines passed away. Um, now his brother Ray Soriano is in the also in the Philippines. He is currently in the ICU hospital, um, gallbladder, I believe. So it's not COVID, but it's a condition with his gallbladder. So we just want to remember our brother in prayer. Um, Brother Ryan Snow called me this morning, or, uh, yeah, this morning, and um, he just was asking prayer. He's uh, had a, a surgery on his shoulder and um, damaged his shoulder in the law enforcement academy that he was in, and so he's going to have his career is going to be set back a bit until he recovers. And uh, he called me like early in the morning, and you know, Brother Ryan and I, and he was just sounding really kind of out of it right and I was like wow what's you know to just wake up and no no he said I had a surgery and I'm on lots of meds and pain and stuff so let's remember brother Ryan in prayer tonight and that God would touch him and heal his shoulder give him a speedy recovery and um, also this is kind of an announcement I'd like to also make it a prayer request brother Richard has written in for the Sunday school all classes are going to be online this weekend at 10. Um, we just want to remember that in prayer too, that God will just move in the Sunday school classes, anoint the teachers and just prepare them, prepare the students. Amen. Amen. And also we have a testimony uh, from a sister, Atasha, and she's just thankful to God for healing her sister who was uh, sick for four months after giving birth and um, she requested prayer at the church here and um, I believe that she went through an operation she's home now from the hospital so she's just thanking the Lord and the brothers and sisters for praying for praying and we just want to give thanks to God for that amen praise the Lord brother David why don't you come and Take these requests and this testimony of praise and give thanks to the Lord. Amen. I bless you. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we are grateful once again to be in your house. We realize, Lord, that this building was has been dedicated for the purpose, Lord, of meeting you. And Father, as the song says, touching Jesus is all that really matters. So, Father, each individual you've called tonight, Lord, you've placed a seed, you've placed a purpose within their lives. You've given them, Lord, an ability to touch you. And, Father, as I stand here as a representative, Lord, it's not my prayer, O oh God, but it's what you've done. For you've brought together, Lord, reconciled, Lord Jesus, your people to yourself, that we might be able to touch you, Lord. So tonight, O oh God, each one in their post of duty, Father, in their placing, O oh God, in the desires of their hearts, I pray that a release, O oh God, will be upon your people, that those that can pray will pray, those that can praise will praise, O oh God, that those that can believe, Lord, will believe, that, Lord Jesus, your very expressed life, Lord, will be manifest even tonight. Father, we have the needs, O oh God, that are penned down, and no doubt, Lord Jesus, these, these ones have been penned down in faith, Lord, and 
it's not just an exercise or something we go through, Lord, to write down a need and take the time, Lord, to communicate with the church, a church of believers, Lord, not a religious people, but people that have already been touched by you, Lord, that we might in return be able to touch you, Lord. So we come through the blood of Jesus Christ in the way that you've made for us tonight, O oh God. And we're bringing these needs before you, Father. We know the simplicity of the laying up on the, of the hands, O oh Father. And we're praying that you would go to the Philippines even tonight, Lord, and touch this man, Lord. Brother Soriano, I believe is his name, O oh God. Father, who, Father is a believer, Lord Jesus, and one who has given his life to you. And by your stripes, Lord, your promises that he's already healed. And Father, we're coming tonight to the throne of grace asking for this benefit, Father, that belongs to the children of God. We ask, Lord, that you'd raise them up, you'd touch him, O oh God, even now, that that sweet presence, O oh God, by the Holy Spirit will be in his room, in his life, in his heart, and that you would touch this gallbladder, Lord, and rectify it. For you, O oh God, have said in your word that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And Lord, we believe that, Lord, restore this man, we pray. We also, in the same token, remember Brother Ryan, Father, in this condition, Lord Jesus, surely your word has said for a man to provide, Lord, for his home. Your word is said, Lord, that he should work. And on the Father, in the promise of your word, Lord, we ask for this healing, that you would touch his shoulder, Lord, that he can be able to do the work, O oh God, that you've called him to do. Direct his path, O oh God. Direct his life, Lord. Bless his family, I pray. Father, remember, Lord God, the testimony. We don't want to forget to give you praise and thanksgiving, Lord. For, Father, we know, Jesus, that childbirth is not an easy thing. Father, but you, O oh Father, give the grace, and now you've shown that you give the healing, Lord. So we pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd receive the praise and the thanksgiving, Lord, for this that you've brought. What might seem so simple, Lord, to someone, Lord Jesus, is life-changing. So we thank you, Lord, for this blessing. Remember, Lord, the Sunday school, Lord. Remember the children, Father. Remember the little ones, oh God. We remember even what Brother Thomas said, Lord. We've not been this way before, but we've prayed for wisdom. We've prayed for guidance, Lord. And Lord Jesus, even the transition, Father, for this short period of time, we pray that you would be, oh God, in protection, Father, with these little ones, with their parents, their families. And Lord, you would sustain your people, Lord, even as you did in Goshen. Father, we would be amiss, oh God, if we don't remember the word tonight. We've come, oh God with purpose in our hearts to receive all that you've placed within our brother. We pray that you would break the bread of life, Lord, that we once more can recognize you present in this place, O oh Jesus. Remember the two on the way to Emmaus, O oh God, and how they recognize you in the breaking of the bread. And Lord, we want to see you again, Father. Pray that you take the man aside, Lord, all the preparation that you would take it, Father, in this motor vessel. And Father, come unfiltered, Lord, come unhindered, Lord Jesus, and speak to our hearts. Bless the congregation tonight, Lord. Fill us with faith, fill us with focus, Lord. Fill us, O oh God, with hunger and desire that your word, O oh Father, would be manifest in our lives. We come, O oh God, that we can show that we are your people and that you are our God. We give you all the glory. Be in the praise and the worship, the musicians, and each one gathered here in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can have your seats tonight. God bless you, each and every one. I welcome you have gathered here tonight and those that are connected with us online pray God will bless you may each and every one of you your faith be inspired to take a great leap of faith walk into the promise of God even as our brother Murphy was relating his the story of his, his mother you know she 
He took God at his word. and He's not getting any glory. Me laying here, I'm going to get up and glorify God. Amen. Powerful. Amazing. I'm just, I was floored. I just <laughs> can't even imagine it, but very, uh, the very, very tenacious young uh, lady, Brother Murphy's mother. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're going to sing a song, I Keep Listening for a Different Sound. You know, we hear all kinds of things going on in the, in the world, and it's troubling, and there's trouble on every hand, but our ears are tuned for that, that sound. You know, it's like when you're standing at the railroad station. I don't know who's ever stood at a railroad station, but maybe if you could imagine it with me and you're standing there on waiting for the train and you begin to, maybe before you even hear it, you begin to feel the ground shake. There's a heavy unit coming down the rails. Amen. And then you begin to hear way off in the distance the whistle of the train. It's coming in. I believe we're we're beyond the ground shaking. We're beyond the train whistle. We see the train coming. We see the light coming towards us. Amen. We're that close. Amen. Let's sing this together. Let's start with the uh, first verse. We hear about the war.
looking at those words, the sound of the bride being united with the groom. What a sound that is. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Will I keep city that John saw coming down. Oh my goodness, that's indeed where my ears are pricked. I hope the preacher's voice isn't echoing in your mind as it's done and gone and the bride is left and the preacher's voice is echoing. Don't be that one. Be the one that's expecting, waiting, yearning, anticipating. Lord, where are you coming? When are you coming? I'm ready. You're expecting it, amen? The, that's the sound. That's the where we want to be, amen? Sister Sharon, I know you had a special. We'll, we'll get that next service, amen? I also had Brother Phil. I was going to have you sing that little chord. We'll get that next service too. My, we had lots on the go tonight. <laughs> but just want to be care conscious of your time tonight. I know it's Wednesday night, amen? So we'll turn to our scriptures. I know there's many at home. So you heard the announcement this evening. COVID, my goodness, a demon. So we'll keep rebuking it, keep cursing it, 
sending it back to the pit of hell that it came from. And it ain't going to hinder anything going to happen that the Lord wants to do. It ain't going to hinder nothing that the Lord wants to do. No COVID is going to get anything over on God. We're going to turn to Galatians 5 tonight. I know those of you that are at home, don't you sit back in your lazy boy chair tonight. You sit on the edge of your seat and your couch, wherever you are in your chair, and you dig into the word tonight. Sitting at home and streaming doesn't mean just a relaxed night in service. Where we're coming here eager to hear the word. We're coming with our Bibles open. We're coming with our, our thoughts centered on you. And I know many of you are, but I'm urging you, don't get lackadaisical at home just because it's streaming tonight. Tonight, you say, Lord, if it's coming across the pulpit and the Holy Spirit is coming and it's a little hot and heavy, you say, Lord, that's for me. If it's for you, you accept it, you amen it, and you move on with the word tonight. Man, we live in perilous times, but Nathan was going to sing that song, which I didn't quite know. But the line stuck in my head, we live in perilous times, indeed we are. And so it, it's vital that we are digging into the Word and finding ourselves in the Scripture, making sure our lives are centered and focused on Christ. Amen. We sure don't want to be hearing what we've all heard and responsible for what, we're respo- what we've heard and then be... Missing what the Lord, Lord has for us. Amen. That's not our place. So tonight, maybe a little bit, Lord help me. Maybe I, maybe it'll be a little quieter. <laughs> but I'm just going to approach a little bit of a ta- subject. And I need you to pull. And, I mean, you know, Brother Brown said amen means sick em, right? <laughs> so it might not necessarily be your amen. That's for you. You're saying, go get the devil. <laughs> sick em. <laughs> right? You know what that means, right? With the dog. Sick em, boy. It meant send the dog on whoever he was sending him to go on. I mean, you wouldn't probably you'd usually do that every day. <laughs> I hope, sure hope you don't have a dog that you can do that by. But nonetheless, that's where the term comes from. All right? So I needed to say amen. Sick him. Amen, because that's who we're after. We're after the devil. That's exactly who we're after. So Galatians 5, verse 1. We'll read a few scriptures here. Stand fast, therefore, in their liberty... Wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Amen. Be not entangled again, meaning that at some point you were entangled. You were snared by something, you were wrapped up, you were bound. But he said, be, stand fast therefore in the liberty, wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again. With the yoke of bondage, behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, circumcised Christ shall not, shall profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Speaking of the Jews that were thinking that circumcision was still still important. They needed that and they were justified by it. And he says, whosoever, whosoever you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision but faith. Which worketh by love. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you? That ye should not obey the truth. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord. That ye will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment. Whosoever he be. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, 
We approach your word with great reverence tonight, Lord. Lord, that you would, Lord, you would come tonight and be present amongst us, Lord. We've worshipped you. We've sung songs, Lord, to you, not to, to worship anyone else, Lord, but to worship the King of glory. And Lord, so we pray that you've been pleased with the atmosphere, Lord, that was, Lord, created here by song and, and music. And Lord, it's just, its purpose is that you would be, you desire to dwell here, Lord. You'd, you desire to come and, and fellowship with your people. You'd come, Lord, and be pleased in our praise that you, Lord, would have communion with us tonight, Lord. Maybe in this little, in this sanctuary, but in many homes tonight, Lord, that are tying in, Lord, within the family of the church here. So Lord, I pray you move lord in the way that you desire have your sovereign way we pray lord let man not interject inject his thoughts lord but you inject your thoughts use these lips lord to your glory that lord you could lord speak so personally i pray tonight to your people in jesus christ's name amen amen you may have your seats i'm going to speak tonight just on a simple, little simple word, and uh, I don't, I know the time, and I just want to speak tonight on, uh, on unhindered. It's a simple word, unhindered. And I want to speak, uh, just focus on the on the uh, scripture. Ye did run well. Paul was speaking to the Galatians, who had had somebody come in and 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 speak to them and and. Uh, Kind of confuse them and bring and send them back to where they thought that the circumcision was was vital that to that they were justified by the law and and such and so he says you did you know what happened you ran well you know he, he Paul had taught them he brought to them Jesus Christ and him crucified and he you're by grace are you saved and and so he he spoke to them and they 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 run well and he says who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth what happened. What, what turned your way? What, what turned your eye? What did you hear? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. He's very clear. Whatever you heard, it wasn't of him. It wasn't, of, it wasn't from Paul. And we know what Paul said, if you te- anybody teach anything that didn't come from Paul, he said, let him be a curse. And we heard, uh, we were in a little, uh, Brother Jean mentioned, he goes, even if Paul had come back and changed what he said, Paul would be accursed. Because Paul was confident in what he said, this was the truth. And he says, this persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you, a little leaven. Leaveneth the whole lump, but I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will none otherwise that ye will be none otherwise minded. Mean you're going to turn back to what you had been taught, but through but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment. And if you go on, he actually says that and rather that he would be even cut off from 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 the from the fellowship there. If you go further in the scriptures, and so Paul is very straight. But I want to focus on just hinder, hindered. You did run well. Who did hinder you? And, uh, you know, if you read through a lot of Paul's scriptures, Paul speaks a lot about running. The Olympics happened back then. Okay? Not that you didn't know that. Maybe you did. But way back, 776 B.C., the Olympics started. Way back in Greece. And all the way into 8393. So there's a lot of years. And then it got cut off for a little while. And uh, so there was like uh, 200 and something um, Olympiads every four years. It was a long time. You know, for the first little while, actually, I think the first 12 Olympics, it was only running and it was one race. That's it. Everybody gathered for one big race. One. <laughs> There's a lot of events now. But they, everybody came in from near and far and they had the, uh, the stadium foot race. And it was the only event. 
And it remained the most prestigious and actually pretty much is today. The race is, the foot, the, the running is kind of key, key events. They're held last and they kind of, you know, all the way up into that 200 meter sprint and the relay and all these. And that is indeed the first race that was there. It was a race that was run. It was one length of a stadium or the stadium track, 600 ancient feet. I don't know the difference between non-ancient feet. Maybe there's difference. <laughs> but anyways, apparently it changed because it was 192 meters instead of just the classic 200. So apparently over that many thousand years, it's grown eight feet. Or eight meters, I should say. So anyways, they held, this is, this was the, this was the main event. The only event for the first 12 games, then it moved on. But you know, they, they, uh, no time was recorded. They didn't have stopwatches. It just mattered you, who won? Who won? It's all that mattered, okay? Back in the old days, who won? But you know, so running, running, when you are running, hindrance, or something that hinders you in running is taken seriously. Very seriously. Your weight is a problem. If you're heavy, you ain't gonna be fat, you know, you're likely you're gonna have to shed some pounds to get fit and, and be able to, to run the race. So diet and nutrition and all that was important so that you were fit. You were shedding the unneeded weight so you could run. You know, when you're running, you don't look left, you don't look right, you look forward. You don't, you, you that's bad deal. We know that, we know the races where people have, have checked off to their left or right and they've gone off and they've, they've, it's hindered, it's hindered their race, right? It's hindered their race. Clothing, super streamlined. You know, you didn't want need, need any extra extra clothing. In fact, that was not even an option back in the old days. Super light footwear, having super having having your feet with the right with the right footwear. No one would want to run in in uh, ski boots, all right. Nobody's hitting the two hundred meter dash in ski boots. So there, these things would hinder the progress of the runner, right? Okay, so a hindrance. Just so you go, so anybody that doesn't even know what that means, it's the state of being interfered with held back and slowed down. It's something that provides resistance, delay, or obstruction. All right? That's what your hindrance. That's what your hindrance is. It obstructs you. It impedes you. inhibits you. It constrains. It hamstrings you. It hamstrings you. If you get hamstrung, what happens, Preston? You're stuck. You're in big trouble. When your, ha- when your hams go, you ain't going anywhere. It's a major, major muscle in the back of your leg. And so no one, I can even imagine if at the uh, Olympics, you know, you know, our Canadian runner was Mr. DeGrasse and he ran. I can imagine if we were throwing, you know, the park and the scarf on him or something like that or throwing a bag of cement and saying, you know, run it, run it. You're, you're insane. You're insane if you ha- you're requiring me to run that way. Would you agree? Of course you would. So nobody wants to be hindered by anything. I'll give an example of hindering. Go ahead and put that first little video clip up there. First one, yeah, that one. Hindered. This guy's just just one little thing. It was a cardboard sign. I mean, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything grand. It wasn't a cement bag tied to the guy. It was a cardboard sign, but it hindered him. It didn't just hinder him. It then impacted and affected that many people. One little cardboard sign. Demolished. Tour de France. Brutal. Brutal. The impact of a minor hindrance. Just a minor cardboard sign hit a biker and so impacted him that he derailed and derailed a lot of other people. Right? Hindrance. So they might seem small, but its impact is a rippler. It's a rippler. Right? 
We hate hindrances. I hate hindrances. I've done a lot of home rentals. And then I come to something I'm like, man, something hit like a curve in my railing when I'm trying to lay hardwood. I'm like, I don't know how to do curves and it hinders my progress. I hate it. And then I'm like away with it. I'm moving on to another project. <laughs> and my wife knows I left that curve for a long time. I did tackle it, but it hindered my progress and I didn't like it. I hate hindrances. All right. How, you know, who goes, who's gone to school? I have gone to school. I've gone to different university classes and whatever. And, and life comes in the way you get doing work. You got family and I couldn't, I didn't achieve what I wanted to because stuff got in my way. It hindered my progress. Been there? How about I came to camp a few weeks ago and man, I was on fire and I came out of there. The Lord just dropped. I was just so enthused. And three weeks and four weeks later, I'm going to school and I got friends around me and just not quite as enthused anymore. Something's hindering that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So as, as we go back to, if we talk about the runner and if we tied something onto him or, or required him to run with something that was going to hinder his way and, 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 and made him as less streamlined as possible, you'd say that's, you know, we just said that's in, insane. But I want you to turn that thought, if we had a runner with flippers on or, or something like that, you just say, you just don't do that. But on a spiritual aspect, are you as streamlined as you should be? Or are you spiritually running with flippers on? Because you've got some obstacle or some hindrance in your spiritual walk that is hindering your ability. Are you tied to a cement bag as you're dragging your spiritual walk along the way? And I'm just talking about hindrances in this little tonight, all right? Satan works hard, works hard to hinder you. (laughs) That's his job. He's going to work hard to hinder you. He's going to throw everything in your way. And he's got a couple areas he can do it. He's going to work on your physical life. And it's going to work in your spirit spirit realm as well, okay? He's going to tackle both of those areas. And so he can throw sickness. He can throw disease. He can bring troubles at work, troubles at school. He's going to do whatever he can to trip you up, to hinder you in your spiritual walk. All right? But in the spirit realm, he can hit you in your memory, in your imagination, your affection, in your conscious, in your reasoning. And he, this is the great battleground, as you all would know, greatest battle ever fought. This is a great battleground, but it's an incredible area that we get hindered. We get hindered in our mind. Boy, is that an area. And so he takes and he makes a big frontal assault in this area because he knows it's an area that he can, he, he has, he has quite a, a bit of power in, uh, to play there. And so, cause he knows if he can, if he can plant a seed in the mind, if he can, if he can throw something or pull back something from your memory or something in your imagination, you can mow on that for a little while and you feed on it. It begins to grow in the mind. All right. And he knows if he can just inject something there and get you to sit on it for a little while, that starts to grow and it starts to affect every aspect as the cardboard sign seems small. But as you th- think on these things and you ponder it in your mind and you, you start imagining things and pulling it up or what was so-and-so said that what, what, they said this kind of thing about me. Oh, and then you start to think about it and imagine more things about it. Maybe they said more than what they thought and your mind starts to dwell on it. Well, I don't really like that person or what they said about said about me in there and then it just moves along and then and it just grows all of it may be a figment of your imagination 
but it's now affecting you. You've now have, you now have an ought against that person. And you st- it starts to grow and fester in your, in your walk and it affects your home. It'll affect your conduct. It'll affect your atmosphere. It's going to affect everything. And it actually, if you let something grow so much, it actually starts to create, well, it creates complexes and actually can deform your growth in the mind. Right. Complexes. My. I won't ask who has a complex. I actually went to the message, but Abraham says, who here has a complex? <laughs> he says, everybody here has a complex. He says he has a complex many times you read about it and he speaks about it. Actually, I'll read you so then you don't take my word for it. You can take his word for it. All right. He goes, now we find out these well-trained ministers. And you know, at night, when I stand in front of men like this who are really trained, smart men of the, to the ministry and to the gospel and to the Bible, and me stand here knowing with a grammar school education, or, uh, and, and to the gospel, yes, and me stand here with grammar school education, oh, if I have a complex truly. Brother Branham had a complex. About here, all these ministers behind him, and here he was, he was feeling, uh, so he was feeling substandard. From the ministers there that were sitting on the platform with him that, that had, you know, big degrees in theology and all that. And he said, I got, I, I have a complex. He says, I have a complex. Many men sitting there tonight, far beyond, more than I'm able to be here at the platform. All right, so a little, a little complex there. I'm going to read on now. Different quote. Pray that God will place into my heart something that I lost out there in that complex. It's so easy to build a complex. It's so easy to build a complex. It's in the mind. And it's something the devil's going to feed. He's going to try and feed that because he knows if he can get you in a complex, wrapped up in something, he knows I can impact them and I can hinder them in their spiritual walk. That's his goal. I had an interview the other day with my brother Way, sitting here, standing here in front, a good man, built himself around a, a complex. Another kind of complex did the same thing. Brother Way, you can so easily do it. It's just, you just get a little something in your mind Keep thinking that way. Go back and check it with the scripture. It's just you get a little something in your mind and keep thinking that way. This may seem simple, but my goodness, I bet you it affects every single one of you here. But he says, go back and check it with the scripture. So you get a thought in your mind and it starts to build. Check it with scripture pretty quickly before it becomes anything that's going to impact you or hinder your walk with Christ. Get back quick and go to scripture. All right. And see if it's right or not. If you read further in that quote, that's where Brother Way actually dies. Right there. Now I'm wondering. And then he raised. Amen. The Lord raised him up from from the dead. Another quote, Brother Branham says, he's speaking, he's prayed for so many. I think he says eight days, he's praying, praying continually. He goes, now, what? no, oh, sorry. He's talking about so many calls coming too. Can you come here, Brother Branham? Can you come here, Brother Branham? I have a dying husband, I have a dying child, I have a, this, I need that. And he, and he call, call, he says, no wonder I'm a neurotic. It's enough to make one. But I have done this one thing. Instead of getting a complex, I've tried to hold steady, keeping my eyes on Calvary. 
keeping my eyes on Calvary and moving on. So here he said, I could have got a complex, so nervous, just from the pressures I can't even imagine of what the ministry was and his office would, would have entailed. But he said, I keep my eyes on Calvary and moving on just as he would have me to do. Oh, he goes and make many mistakes. I pray God will forgive me of these things. Now, that's, that's what the right way is to point to Calvary, to look at Calvary, to go to scripture as Satan would maybe throw different thoughts in the mind and create a complex, but left unchecked, it grows and it can deform. All right. Just like a vine. Have you ever seen something wrap around a tree? If you haven't, I'll show you one. No, let's wait. A lady, he talks about a lady who actually it was a, it was her child had been prayed for. And it was, as he said, it was a spastic. And he goes, like a stalk of corn coming up. He goes, if nothing bothers it, it'll produce a nice stalk of corn. But if it has a vine wraps around it and a clog lays over it, it sticks and it'll crook. All right. And he goes, there's something hindered it. Well, if you can move the hindrance, the thing will grow straight. All right. So the key is to move it. But here's, take a look at this here. This second, go ahead. Something hindered this carrot. Look at the deformity of it. In fact, this is the lady's ring she found after 13 years. But here this, it, it decided to grow straight through the ring. But look at the constriction. Look at the deformity. Look at what pressure is, is being applied to the poor carrot there because something is hindering its growth. All right, because something it, it's not a, if you look at his trees and actually one of the famous images is a, is a bicycle that actually grew in the a tree grew right over top and right through it. It's stuck right in the middle uh, after many, many years and, and, and it moves around, but it deforms it. Now in the mind, that's in just a simple image to see a constriction or deformity or something physical, but think about in the mind. Of what it's doing. What Satan's trying to do. He's actually trying to deform. And completely derail. How you interact. How you think. How you process. And then the word of God comes across. And you filter things through a complex. Through something that has affected you. Something back in your life. And it's affecting even how you see that. And it goes awry. Hindrances. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 to 5 says, For we walk in the, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. Okay, so here's a stronghold, imagination. But the word of God, that was mighty through God, our weapons of our warfare, that will ca- can cast down, we will cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. Paul being very strong here, not just, you know, 50% of your thoughts. Every single thought that goes to your mind, he's saying, bring it into captivity or into obedience, uh, obedience of Christ. Why? Because it has the ability to build up and become a stronghold. Stronghold. Stronghold's a big place. It's a mighty fortress. It's a place that is hard to attack because it's got, it's got fortifications. They're built as a defensible position. All right? 
Pulling down of strongholds. This is what the weapons of our warfare are able to do. Casting down imaginations. The strongholds are places that store things. They hold food and water, weapons, etc. And the more things that are in a stronghold, the more supplies that are in strongholds, the bigger and harder they are to tackle. All right? Now, over time, you might have been, I don't know what your, what your history is. You know your history. But you go back in your, I want you to go back and think about just even your own interactions through life or certain experiences. Uh, maybe even how you were growing up. Maybe a certain way that maybe you were parented. Maybe it was something that happened. Maybe it was a death that impacted you early on. Or, or maybe a certain friendship situation. Something happened. Something could take place. And it, start, it, 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 it creates, it creates a, a, a bruise even. And it creates an impact or a way that, that affects you in your spirit realm. And it starts, to, it, it starts to change as you now grow. That impacted you in a certain way. And you're now, you're, now you're growing and forming through that. All right? And now is when you, something, a lot of times something major like this, maybe somebody's abused, maybe something's very hurt, they're hurt, maybe they're verbally abused very strongly, certain things, something, something major happens, and they cannot shake it, they cannot dismiss it, and it begins to overwhelm them to a point where they're actually even controlled by it, all right? And so by that, everything, their communication, their perception, everything is now played through this lens that they that has been, that has impacted them this stronghold maybe it's maybe it's a stronghold of fear whatever it is they, they view their life through that and they might now because because of the stronghold that's been created they've become maybe angry maybe someone has gone through certain things certain experiences in life and now they despair life entirely maybe they're confused over certain, they've gone through so many different winds of doctrine. They've been scarred. They've heard this. They've heard that. They've heard something else. And they become, they become so, they, be, they gain a complex. or a stronghold of confusion. And now everything's processed through that. And when the right truth is trying to come down their door, it's hitting that wall. It's hitting that stronghold. And it can't penetrate it. There's strongholds of fear. Repeating patterns of failure, someone that maybe just goes through certain things and it's just like they fail all the time. They fail, they just can't get something right. They can't get something right. And they get, the Satan plays on that and he plays, yeah, you're just a failure. You can't do anything right. You, you don't even know what you're doing. You're, you're, you're just a loser and he just plays on that. He's a wicked, cruel taskmaster. And so now everything else in life, everything you do and perceive is filtered through that. And then everything's a failure for them. Maybe someone has a terrible upbringing. They don't get any sense of, a, they don't even see any affection. They don't get any love. They have a terrible upbringing. They have, it's very harsh on them. And they see, and then they get this resentment in them. And then they, 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 have, a, they have a bitterness that, that, that they hold. And again, it's a stronghold that everything is now filtered through that. All right? Maybe it's, maybe it's, like I said, some, a child that has a difficult upbringing and they, be, they get this worthlessness and, and they feel like I'm, I'm not even worthwhile. 
and, and I'm guilty of certain, I, I, nobody loves me. I'm good for nothing. Maybe I'm ugly. She might, she might actually be beautiful or something like that. But because she, she's been, she's been verbally abused or, or, and she's been called certain things and certain actions and she gets now this stronghold that she's worthless and nothing, and no good and nobody even thinks nothing about me. Nobody loves me and they have a stronghold now. It's built up in their mind. And their whole life is being hindered by it. Now all these things could be a pack of lies. But it's all here. And it's all very real. And so then it's keeping out though. God's love. It's keeping out God's truths. It's keeping it all out at bay. Because it's got a stronghold. It's a fortress. It's been built up over time. And they might hear a message, they might hear a friend say something to them. It just goes in one ear and out the other. It bounces off their walls. And, and, and it's, it, they almost can hear the truth come. Yeah, but what about? And what, you just don't understand my situation. And out comes another string of lies and excuses, maybe smoke screens and whatever else. And they just get shot down. Really what's trying to help them, but it's a blockade. And they've walled themselves in now. And thus a stronghold creates this inner captivity of deception and misery. And it keeps them from thinking clearly, keeps them from accepting the truth, repenting of sin, and receiving deliverance. Stronghold. And you know this person might have started out really well. But what hindered you? Something did. A thought. An experience. And it started to sit there and build. And they were running well. But now they're hindered. There's a stronghold in their way and they can't break free. You did run well. Who, Satan, did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? All right. Lies of the enemy in your mind. So here Satan is hindering sons and daughters of God from receiving and hearing the truth. All right. And so... But I tell you, it might sound, it sounds maybe a little sobering and say, Brother Michael, that's pretty, uh, it's quiet. Yeah, it is because it's real. Because I know many on this screen and there, you're sitting in your, sitting in your world and that is you. And you've got a wall up. And you, you, everyone thinks all is just fine and dandy, but really deep down, you have such a stronghold and such something that has such a complex that is built and you actually are just, you're a facade. It's real. Too often that happens, but the word of God has come to set you free. There is total deliverance. Satan doesn't have, he, his strongholds do not last. That's why if you read back in scripture, it's the casting down. The weapons of our warfare to break down the strongholds. God didn't give us pea shooters and little teeny bow and arrows. He gave us weapons to combat the strongholds that Satan would try to raise up. In your mind, that's why he says, cast down imagination. Cast down memory. Because God knew what that can do to you. It can hinder you in your race. You're trying to run, but you can't even get by a massive tower in your mind, and you're stuck. But I tell you, 
I am, I pray by the Holy Spirit tonight that you can step back. And if you are remotely, even if you're in the tiniest of stronghold in this structure and you've laid a brick down, or if you've got a mammoth of castles built, I don't care where you are in there. I, will, I pray that you can actually, by the Holy Spirit, take a step back and say, that's me right now. I'm starting to build that. I've, I've got some, some situations in my life. I've been hurt in my life. I'm not saying you haven't, but I'm saying, do not let that define your walk with Christ. It does not need to. Cast it down. And I say to you, hate it tonight. Because if you try to... I'll get there. If you you pity party yourself, and you get a little pity party, you'll, woe is me. You do not hate that thing. This That's exactly what the devil likes. And he will grow on that. Brother Bram says, a complex self-pity. You're in a pitiful condition, then. That's really true. When you get to pitying yourself, you want everybody to pity you, and you pity yourself. There's a problem right there. Because it brings attention to you. Pity me. Oh my problem. Oh my issue. And the spirit that's tormenting actually gets the attention. Alright. Who's getting the, who's getting glory? Who's getting all the attention? It's the demon that's trying to torment you. And you and your woe is me is bringing it back to him. And that's all he wants. It's all he wants. He's like, hey, that's great. How horrible he is. Oh, how hard it's been. Oh, how, oh I'm struggling. Nonsense. Hate that thing. You see, I need deliverance tonight. I've got something in my past I gotta deal with. Hate it. But Abraham says, I hit the spot one time sitting right there on the porch, seeing himself getting to this woe was me. Staying eight days, meetings though, coming out for food. Stayed right there on the platform. One day he said, I heard a scream, and I heard it in a little book called Christian Confession by Brother Bosworth. That Christians, they confess not what they see, but what they believe. Don't make any difference about what you're looking at. We don't see by our sight. We see by our faith. Amen. I don't care what your situation is. We don't look at the circumstances that we can feel and smell and see and touch or what we imagine or what we remember or what we feel with our consciousness. We look at faith. You've been given the weapons to defeat it. Satan's bringing his army. He's a destroyer. But God is life. Satan is sickness. God is life. Satan is death and sorrow. God is faith and joy. Satan is frustrations and worry. God over here is peace. See? He says now there's two great forces. They're battling. They're battling right here in this building. There and now. He's the same devil then. He's the same devil now. And he's the same God then. And he's the same God now. So right now, in your home... Or in this building, there's a battle going on. And it's a warring. Because you might be a self-pitying even now. He's saying, oh, you better stop it, preacher. You're getting too close on my toes. I'm saying you better by the Holy Spirit. Recognize that delivery is coming tonight. Every force. Satan following you along. That great, big, kingly, priestly Goliath trying to scare the liver out of you. 
But God, you're fortified, amen, with the gospel, with the word of truth around your loins. Glory, preacher. He says, that's what it is, a helmet of salvation, a shield of faith, a sword waving in your hand. Satan, I'm coming to meet you. I'm coming to meet you, Satan. You meet me in the name of science. You meet me in the name of my past. You meet me in the name of my imaginations. You meet me in the name of my memory. Where so-and-so hurt me. So-and-so said something to me. So-and-so, what is it? You put the name there. That's what he's meeting you at right now. Satan's coming to you in the name of your imagination. He says, I'm coming to meet you in the name of culture, in the name of organization. You meet me in the name of this, that, and the other. But I meet you. What do you meet him at? You meet him in the name of the Lord God of Israel. I'm coming after you. Glory. Get away. He said, even death can't stand there. Chop a hole right through it. I say, you reach back in your past and you analyze, say, Lord, is something been hindering me? Have I been tough slugging it with bags of cement as I'm trying to run this race? Am I going at a snail's pace right now? Look, be honest with yourself because tonight there's deliverance. You say, Satan, I'm coming against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, in the name of the God of Israel. You can't hold me. Satan's army brings diseases. God's army is commissioned. Commissioned to cast them out. That is our commission. Cast it out. Every time Satan throws anything at you, onto you, God's army is to cast him. Amen. Cast out. That's the very technique that God used when Satan was in heaven. And he cast him out with, when they were fighting with Michael. He said, God, cast him out. His method is to cast out evil. Therefore, if it worked for the king of kings, it will work for you. Cast down reasoning. Cast down superstition. Cast down worry. Oh my goodness. Well, what about this happens? I know about that. And it's a worry, worry, worry. And you build it up and build it up and build it up. And you're hindered by it. You're above it, he says. Resurrected in Christ Jesus, sitting in heavenly places with every devil under your feet. If you want it. If you hate that and want that, it's yours. say you cast them out tonight and you claim it tonight how you say how am i gonna do that brother michael well faith and try christ jesus i can do all things through christ who strengtheneth me we're just gonna i just opened two waters sorry brother <laughs> two hands two hands here there's many ways to tackle a stronghold you can hammer it with a frontal assault Sometimes that works. You just come in there and boom, blow it over. Many times in strongholds, they laid siege to them, all right? They laid siege to it. And I'm saying tonight, we're going to lay some sieges. All right? We're laying siege to strongholds of the enemy, all right, that have hindered the bride of Christ. So Satan, I'm warning you, wherever you are, wherever you're sitting, it's siege time tonight. Just watch as God's army, as his believers, as those that are trusting in him, believing on his word, on every promise that he gave us, is now surrounding your castle. And we're coming in in the name of the Lord to cast you down. They surrounded Jerusalem way back in the days of Titus. 
siege. They, they did it with Megiddo. They've done it in Leningrad. We'll go back even further. They did it in Jericho. That was a siege. <laughs> you know, so when you have a fortification, and it's strong and great, as these complexes can be that have built up in the mind, and infected and, and impacted, indeed infected, the memory and the conscience and the imaginations. They've gotten strong. But as a, as a, a, a fortification requires supplies. If it doesn't have supplies, we've got a problem. They've got a problem. All right? Because it's only as good. If it can have constant water and food and weaponry and all of that kind of business and reinforcements, well, it's just as strong as it'll ever be. Because it's constantly got some supply. So if you are consistently feeding on the lies of the enemy, and you're feeding those thoughts, and he can, you are refortifying the stronghold. You, you might, you might say, oh, that's wonderful, brother. And you, you claim it tonight. I'm casting that down. You identify. You say, Lord, I don't want none of that no more. But then you, a little, another thought comes back, and it resurrects that a little bit. You're refortifying the stronghold. It's a continual casting down. And he's been cutting you off from the word of God by throwing his own ideas in front of God's word. What a wicked enemy. Now, you know the gates of a fortification of these strongholds? It's usually always pride. Because no one wants to identify or actually expose what it is. But if you can get through gates, then you can get to the city. So, Scripture says about pride. For in this mountain shall the hand of the Lord rest, and Moab shall be trodden down under him, even as straw is trodden down for the dunghill. And he shall spread forth his hands in the midst of them, as he that swimmeth spreadeth forth his hands to swim. And he shall bring down their pride, together with the spoil of their hands, and the fortress of the high fort of thy walls shall he bring down, lay low, and bring to the ground even to the dust. May your pride, if that is impacting your ability to identify a stronghold, a hindrance in your life, may that one, the one that can bring the high fort of thy walls and lay it low so that your pride is as dust. Because if you can get past that, I'd say that stronghold is well on its way to crumbling. You have to expose it. And any spiritual warfare, expose it. That is the beginning of the crumble. Because he wants to hide in the darkness. He doesn't want to be known. He wants to hide. That's why they like darkness, the demons of darkness. And so, but if you can shine the light of God's word on it and say, wait a second. That you, you, you caused me problems. That's a, that's a, a situation in my, in my past. That's a, a, something in my upbringing. Something my parents did or a friend did. And I'm shining a light on it. It's an area that you've hidden way, way, way back in memory. And it's been a hindrance in your spiritual walk. Expose it. Satan will scream his head off to stop you doing that. And that should be the first clue, the resistance that you're feeling. That, right, that should be your first clue that he is scared. So if you want it, you hate it, and you say, uh-uh, devil. You get nervous right now? You get a little nervous that, I, that, I, that I'm ready to let this out? You're getting ready to, because I want to be done with it? And he's shaking. You just take that as strength now, and we'll move forward. 
David said, when I keep silent, when I kept silence, Psalms 32, unconfessed or unexposed. He goes, when I kept silence, my bones waxed old through my roaring all the day long. For day and night, thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. Listen to these words. So he's, he's holding something back. He says, when I kept silent, my bones waxed old. By the day and night, thy hand was heavy. Moisture is turned into drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee. Mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin. Oh my, don't not you let the devil tell you one time. And you get all, uh, all these different things again, your imagination that's wheeling up. Well, what if they think me of this? They're going to think me so low. What, they're going to think I'm not even a good Christian or this or that. And yet, or my, I've tried to live a good Christian life this whole time. And something back there, they, they, they would, they would, they would cast me out. That's a lie of the devil. And God is there, as David says, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. It's just like that. For this shall everyone that is godly pray unto thee in a time when thou mayest be found. Surely in the floods of great waters, they shall not come nigh unto thee. Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance. Oh, they compass me about with songs of deliverance. Therein lies the power of praise. There is a strategy to the stronghold. Surround and cut the supply with sounds and songs of deliverance. This is what they did in Jericho. Who gave Jericho, who gave Joshua that, that strategy? God Almighty. Amen. Amen. What was the strategy? Let's march around the city. Let's march around the city. Seven days. And then we'll blow the trumpets. Is that what they did? Six days quietly. Seventh day, six times on the seventh day. And then they blew the trumpets and they shouted. And I can tell you that was not a quiet shout. They surrounded this, this, the city as they walked around each day with obedience to God's word. And so they followed God's word. And I can tell you as they walked around Jericho, they were walk, they were pondering, my, what did the Lord tell them? He said, the walls are coming down. And they just kept that in front of them. They fed on the word of God. They're saying, and their obedience to it, they say, this is ridiculous on the third day. I can't believe it. Just tell me, tell us to do this. No, they kept doing it. Whatever the word said, they did. It might be beyond their reasoning, beyond their thoughts, beyond their imagination. Just walk around the wall. Obey my word. And so they continued to do that. Just obey his word and just continue to do that you say well nothing's happening this wall's not crumbling down and nothing's going on lord are you really real on this sit five days and six days just continue to do what he said siege the city you're cutting off the supply because day after day the devil ain't coming through he couldn't supply jericho he couldn't get weapons inside and the fear now the fear is on jericho not on israel and they're walking around and they're obeying the word but on the seventh day on the seventh day that came out of their mouth with praise and worship and thanksgiving and what happened those walls crumbled crumbled because the power of faith started to grow inside of them lord knew how long it was going to take because they started to believe the word day one they're like i don't know how this is going to happen but by day seven uh-uh every he 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 brought the plagues back in egypt he parted the red sea so that we might go through the death angel came as moses said he fed us by quail he fed us by manna everything he said he did so if he said jericho's coming down jericho's coming down 
That's how you surround a stronghold. Maybe you have some negative thoughts, some speculations. You just start surrounding that with praise. Demons can't stand praise. So if you want to figure out how to tackle a stronghold that's got your mind, you just start speaking and worshiping him. Because I can tell you, those devils won't be sticking around. For every negative stronghold, there is a way to surround it. Every promise in the book is mine. And there's a way. There's a scripture. There's a, there, there, there's a weapon to combat the strongholds of the enemy. So we're going to surround them. I'm just going to give you some scriptures. And I'm going to read them fast. And you're going to have to listen fast. Because we're going to go through a few of them. Lord, help me. Strongholds of depression. You start surrounding that with hope. You start digging in your scripture. Romans 15, 13. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. I will say to my God, my rock in Psalms, why have you forgotten me? Why go I mourning? Because of the oppression of my enemy as with a sword crushing in my bones. My enemies taught me and reproached me while they say continually to me, where's your God? Why are you cast down? Oh, see in herself. Why should you moan over me? He says, hope in God and wait expectantly for him. Oh, I'm low. I don't know. You're depressed and you're down. Oh, my hope is in the Lord. That's where I wait expectantly for him. I don't really care how low you are. Keep your hope in him. First Peter 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God, our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope. That is a hope that's living. It's not lifeless. It's not dead. It's a lively hope. It's a hope, an expectation, an anticipation of something to come. Not something that's going to be coming that's dead, but something that's coming with life. By the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled. That fate is not away reserved in heaven for you. You know. There's many scriptures that we could go through. But depression. You can get so low. I would say this if you struggle with this. And everything gets inward. Woe is me. And you're down and you're low and you can barely move some, I'm sure, in times and it gets bad. But I would say try this. Live for others and get a purpose. Instead of sitting in home, sitting in your bed, crawled up in a little corner and the Satan has got you there. I'm telling you that Satan has got you there. And so if you continue to sit there, I'm telling you, you're letting him continually win and you are hindered. You might have run well, but you're hindered. And I'm telling you, get up, cast it down, and start living for others. Get a purpose. Brother Branham, he talked about a fellow that came to his house. He was a, just an old bum. And he came to the house and he said, Mita was even scared to give him some food. And she said, get him some food. And he said, so he's sitting down. He says, well, where are you from? And he said, oh, just here and there. Well, where are you going? Oh, same thing. Just here and there. Oh, you know, nothing going on. He says, what purpose do you have in life? It's better brown. Oh, none. Might as well be curled up in a ball, out in a corner somewhere, doing nothing. Who knows where I'm going? I got nothing, no, no impact. 
He says, well, that's just about the way people get in. We've got to have something that we got a purpose for. We got to have a purpose in our hearts. We got to do something. Now you say, oh, well, we're having a revival. Yeah, we're over here at Eisenhower School Auditorium. Don't let that be you. Just a floater and a drifter. You can never amount to nothing like that. Let's get up. Get something about it. Put your shoulder to the wheel. Let's see the church prosper. Let's the kingdom prosper. Let's see the sick get here. Let's see God laid down among the people. Great signs and wonders take place that will strike the nation. I'm satisfied that there will be things here that will thrill this country. I say, Bible way, that's the same thing. Get up. Get some purpose. Say, God's moving in this place. Get up and start, dude, put your shoulder to the wheel. Start witnessing out there. Start stirring up something in your home. Say, my, what God is doing? We've got baptism. People are so on fire. That's got to be me. Get out of your bed. You just don't join church to drift on. You don't do it that way. You always got to have a purpose. Well, I'm just a wife. He says, get on the telephone. Do something to help the Lord Jesus now. So that gives you a license to get on your phone. It might not be a rotary dial, but it says, Brother Branham says, do something to help the Lord Jesus now. It does not say post a thousand things that glorify the devil. It does not say get on Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat or something and send a photo that you should not. It does not say get on there and listen to a bunch of garbage. It doesn't say get on there and watch a bunch of filth. It says do something for the Lord Jesus. And I can tell you, any woe is me, low, 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 wherever you are, if you just take that step. He said, Lord Jesus, I'm hearing the preaching of the word tonight. And I've struggled. And I've got a stronghold. Satan's got me way deep and dark. But I'm hearing distantly, distantly that there's a way out. I'm hearing that there's a, there's a weapons that can break these strongholds down. And I just need to, I need to expose it. I need to hate it. And then I need to believe your word and walk in it. And you might just have to do that and get up out of your bed and get up out of your room and get up out of your house and reach out and say, devil, I'm taking God at his word. And you're going to do something, do something to help the Lord Jesus. I tell you, if you get up with that focus, and it won't be maybe a little difficult, but every step you make, just get a little bit easier, a little bit easier, a little bit easier to find. You know what? That heaviness is all gone. Yes, sir. Stronghold of rejection. My, that poor one that was always the last one on the line of the baseball team. Nobody liked being that person. Yeah, who wants that guy? Yeah, you take him. Rejection. Who's been there? It's not easy. I've been there too. And you know what? When you're there and you're like, it's me, I'm a guy, and it was a girl, and it was a sports game, you're like, like you got to pick me. You know, that's rejection that hurts. It hurts. Someone will tuck that inside. And maybe that's as a school kid. But then you go through life and certain people do certain things and maybe they don't, you know, look, they start perceiving things through that prism or through that filter. And then everything is, oh, they always get the better end of it, don't they? And I don't get that. Oh, they're better than that. And they get that. And they, and look at me. I don't get it all. And they've built up a stronghold of rejection. I'm just going to tell you this. Cast it down. 
cast it down because there's only one. There's only one team that you need to be chosen. I don't really care about any ball team. I don't care about nothing in sport realm, what position in your workplace. I don't really care what it is, how much money you make, why you don't have a job, why this person does. You got rejected opposing. I don't care. But scripture says, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. That's the only choosing that you really need. You put that in the devil's Right in front of his face. Say, I don't really care, devil. The days of rejection are over. Because I just heard that I am chosen. And ordained that ye should go and bring forth fruit. That your fruit should remain. That whatsoever ye shall ask in the Father in my name, he may give it you. That's the only choosing you ever need. Nothing else would ever matter. If you can receive that. I have been chosen. I am ordained before the foundation of the world. It got all lined up. Uh, billions of people in God and that have ever been on the earth. And you ain't the last. You are the choice pick. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. If God knew his prophets, he knew you. Whoa. You're my witnesses, saith the Lord, whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. Need I say more? Nothing. I should not have to say more. Rejection. Stronghold. I'm lesser. I, I'm disadvantaged. I can't, I can't achieve nothing. Mm-mm-mm. You've achieved everything because you are chosen and ordained by God to be blood-bought, chosen spotless bride in this day. Amen. Amen. Nothing else matters. Anger. A lot of these things that could happen in our past can build up a lot of anger. Build up resentments, as we said. And they have just an edge against everything in life. You need to surround that with forgiveness. Start laying siege to that. Start laying siege to that. And get in your word. And when you stand praying, Scripture says forgive. If you have aught against any, and that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Amen. And ye be kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Mm-mm. I'm telling you right now, there ain't no grounds. You just start feeding that. And you very quickly push that aside. Because you need to let that go. You need to let it go. Lord, I need your forgiveness every day. I need to die daily. I don't want nothing held on my account. So Lord, let it all go. If you have to go to somebody and let them know, I've forgiven you. I've laid it all down. There's nothing here. I'm not holding nothing. I don't care about them. You better care about you. Okay, let God work on their end of it. But you need to let it all go. Because you need to be forgiven. Do not want to cross the River Jordan. And be like well there was all these things that you just couldn't let go and it hindered you 
You were running good, but it built up and it built up and you built a stronghold and you never let it go. What do you want me to do with this? Let it down now. Cast it all down. That you may run. Lord, help me finish. I have a lot of pages. It's okay. I have like a big gap here. It means possible ending. I'll end there. Amen. I'll skip much. Hebrews 12.1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are encompassed, encompassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. This is one of my most favorite scriptures. I love it because it instills in me just a passion to just get out and run this race every time. Lord, let me shed every weight. Let me let Brother Branham says the sin, the sin is unbelief. And if you look at beset, it actually means something that encircles, if I could find it here, it's actually surrounding or a serious hindrance. That encircles or hampers someone who desperately needs to advance. Paul is saying, lay aside every weight and lay aside the sin of unbelief. Because that, just your, your disbelieving God's word and his ability to, to have the power in there to cast down all of your strongholds. That is the doubt that has encircled you. That's why you cannot get any further. So he says, lay it aside. You know, try this on for size. If you've listened to the devil and all of his thoughts, and all of his things that hit your imagination, that you've all burned up in your mind, and all the memories that come back, and you, you, just, you, you just listen to every one of them. You, you, you've, you've saturated yourself in it. Just, just do me a favor and hit pause on that and go for a week. Just go for a week. Say, I'm laying it aside for a week. And you tell me, you come back, and you tell me what your week is like. And then choose. And then choose and say, I liked it before, or I like it now. Why are you listening to it? Why? Are you being benefited somehow? Nope. I can tell you that too. So I'd say, Satan, I'm done with it. Cast down all reasoning. Cast down imaginations. Lay it aside. Lay down the weights. And you know what? When you're running and you're running hard, when the hindrances are left off you and you're able to blaze like the bolt or blaze like the grass and fly like the wind, guess what? When you lay something aside and you're running fast, guess what you have to do? If I was down here on the blocks and I had to take off and run and I laid something aside that was on me and I threw it aside because it was hindering me and then I was able to go faster, guess what? I'd have to go back. All the way back to pick it back up. That's that's insanity. That's the epitome of backslide. Don't go backwards. You've laid it aside. Let it go and keep going. God delivered that from you. God forbid that you ever go back there. It's way back. Get running. Get running. Amen. Mission, musicians, you're going to have to come or I'm going to keep going. You know, a lot of weights. Brother Bram says, he says, no. 
What is sin? Unbelief. Every sin. Every unbelief of God's word. That so easily besets us. It says, we've come up against something say, well, they preached that. That was, you know, don't you do that, he says. You do just what God said do. Stay with it to the letter. Eh, don't make any difference. Don't make any difference. Can I do what I want to do? I'll take a few scriptures. He says, all right. Only thing I can say is, is what the word says. And Jesus strictly said that. Remember Lot's wife. And she merely looked over her shoulder. Eve merely stopped for a moment. Lot's wife just looked back just a little bit. And she thought about and remembered, oh, but Sodom. That's all she did. That's all she did. And she became a pillar of salt. Forward. Nothing hindering us. Looking ahead, lay it aside, forget about it, say, God, you dealt with it. I need you to come and deliver me. Whatever you need to do between you and God, but do not lay it, lay it aside and do not look back. You know, Maybe just play the, uh, pray this is where the Lord wants to go. Need to bring the volume up, audio up, audio. This is running. hamstring put a three centimeter hole in the back of his leg and he was meant to he was one of the ones that they said he would win and he was running hard he was running hard and he said man I couldn't even believe I'm running so fast and in that moment 
his hamstring snap. It blows a hole in it. And his race is hindered. And he's on the ground. And all the stretchers come out. And they're coming to get him on a stretcher. He ain't going nowhere. And he saw the stretcher. He said, mm mm I ain't being hauled off this race. I ain't getting carted off here. I'm, I'm not done. My race isn't over. And so he gets up. But now he's really hindered. Something has stopped him from being able to run really hard. And daddy comes out. Daddy said, I don't even know why I did it. I don't even know what made me do that. But he came out. And you know what his daddy was doing? Notice all the officials trying to come. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he's got to get off. You can't do this to him. You, you can't intervene. You can't help him out. You can't take, you can't take care of him. He's got to go off the, he's, he's done. He's got to get off the track. Get away. Get away. He's going to finish this race. He's going to get through it. That's what his daddy was doing. He said, get away. Get away, devil. Get away from my son or daughter. They're going to get through this race. They're not down for the count. They might have got hindered by something. They might have been down, but they're getting up again. And I'm going to give them whatever they need. I might not carry them across the line like that, but I'm going to infuse them with power. I'm going to give them healing. I'm going to restore their mind. I'm going to give them the strength. I'm going to give them the courage that you're going to get up. And you're not going to get a hobble across the line. You're going to run across the line one more time. If that's an earthly father, what more will your heavenly father do? You say, Lord, I've been hindered. I'm out of the race and I'm trying to get up. He's going to give you what you need so that you are restored and you can fly through that finish line. Amen. May he give you the strength you need to break the barriers. Cast off whatever's on your mind. My goodness, Lord, I pray that... Maybe that it comes to your remembrance. If you can have the ability to identify a hindrance, something that has maybe caused you or halted you or get, or you're, you're shuffling right now. You're still up, but you're shuffling and you need God to intervene. Say, I need some help right now. I need you to jump out of the stands, God, because I need to get up and get going. I can't go this alone. I can't do this in a hobble. I need strength. That's what you have access to tonight. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Lord, let it not become common to us. That's a weight. That's a weight. He didn't run well. But Abraham says, what hindered you? It's become common to you. He didn't run well. Oh, we have good services. Amen. Come and clap our hands and sing. And God is moving. God is stirring. God is identifying and you're sitting. Oh, oh, hum. I've been through this before. I come to church. You sit on your couch right now. And you've just gotten used to, well, it's the COVID. I just stay home now. Scripture says, gather yourself. Assemble yourself together. That much more. As you see the day approaching. I know if you can't. I get it. But those that can, get to church. It's become common to you. And it's a weight you need to lay aside. You say, Brother Michael, you're speaking straight to me. You bet I am. Because we are in a day and age where we don't have no ability to have something that's hounding us or hindering us to run. Every one of the bride of Christ needs to be running at full strength, at full speed, at perfect Every fine-tuned, just machine. Not ho-hum. 
And, you know, churches, is it almost over yet? Brother Michael, you're long-winded now at 9.15. No, no, no. He says, what hindered you? It's become common, but it doesn't thrill you anymore. It's so common. God's so good to you, and you don't realize it. This is the prophet. I said, Lord, may the fire of God fall. Reignite the passion in your people. It's stirring. The Holy Spirit is stirring. But you can't live off yesterday. You can't live off 40 years ago. You can't live off the experiences that you had when you, you came to Christ. Uh-uh. It's fresh manna. It's today. God has something for you now. Today. And you sitting at home or wherever you are, even in the sanctuary. And it's like, well, God, are you done? He's so good to you and you don't realize it. Reignite. Shed the movies. Things that you didn't do 10, 20 years ago, you find yourself doing now. It's a weight. Lay it aside. Painting nails and trimming hair and whatever you're doing, lay it aside. It's a weight of the enemy. And I tell you, you're hindered. And you're hindered. You ran well. You were running good. And Satan in his kingdom is all he's trying to do is throw a weight on you. Throw something else on you. And before you know it, you're barely slugging along. Tonight is your night. Tonight you can say, Lord, I've identified it. I didn't even know those are on me. Oh, God, forgive me. I need to run hard. Prodigals are coming back. Oh, God. Abraham says, let down the bars. Lay it all, lay your all on the altar. Forget who you are. But the son of God or a daughter of God is who you are. Everything else, lay it aside. Walk forward and claim every promise of God. He said, there'll be a revival that'll shake New York. It never shook before. Men come back. Women come back to God. I don't mean come back to church. I mean come back to God. Amen. Let every home start a revival. That's right. Turn out the beer cans. Throw out the card party. Hallelujah. Excuse me, he says. No excuses needed. We need today is old-fashioned. God sent revival. Clean up the home. Clean up the heart. Get things ready. Start a revival in your home, and it'll begin in the church. I say, it has begun. That's what I wrote in my notes. I said, it's here, Lord. It's here. But I'm saying, if something's been hindering you, and you're not running the way you should, tonight, shed it. Lay it aside. There'll be setting sin, whatever it is, so you can say, you did run, you ran well, and nothing's hindering me no more. Hallelujah. Amen, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. Heavenly Father. Oh, God. I don't even know where to end, Lord. Lord, my heart's so burdened. My heart's so burdened. Lord, knowing that there's those that are, Lord, just sitting maybe in their minds, in strongholds, Lord. Oh, God. I don't even know how to preach this tonight. My heart just kept going back. You didn't run well. What hindered you? You didn't run well. What hindered you? I said, Lord, tonight, maybe somebody. I even thought, I said, Lord, I don't know. Maybe they're driving. Maybe you need to get in your car and come to the altar. I don't know. But do whatever it takes that you will cast it down tonight. There's just no excuse, saints. There's no excuse. When God is moving to be left and hindered still by the things of the enemy. Nothing. Nothing, no excuse. Heavenly Father, I've unburdened my heart, Lord, tonight. Heavenly Father, move. Move on your people's hearts, Lord. Satan, we're coming after you tonight. 
We're coming after you tonight. I pray, saints, in your homes, you get on your knees. If you're one, I don't get, you just isolate it. Identify yourself. I don't really care. Don't be ashamed of it. That's just what the devil's trying to make you feel down. That's the pride of it. Just set it aside. Cast it down. Say, Lord, I'm running. I'm hindered. I want to be unhindered tonight. I know it's Wednesday. I know it's late. But I don't care. If you need prayer, you come down in the front. That's what this is for. This is a song I had wrote down. You would say, obvious reasons, I don't want nothing here to hinder me. For someday, his precious face, I want to see. If that, that is, should be our sole desire, saints. And I know that is the, that is the burden, the heart of a son and daughter of God. Oh God, nothing, nothing to hinder me. I want to run unhindered. I pray that a Holy Ghost can penetrate. You might need to break every, you've maybe never done it before. You might, I don't even, you, it might have to crack yourself out of that bench or out of your chair at home, sitting back in your lazy. I don't care what you need to do, but maybe you need to get on your knees in front of your little monitor and you need to raise your hand and say, Oh God, I've got strongholds and I need to cast them down. I don't want, I don't want it to be Galatians 5 and 7 back at me saying you did run well, but what hindered you? I don't want to be that one. I don't want to be the one that says, oh, I ran well. I was hindered for a little bit. Lord, your word came across my way. Your Holy Spirit spoke to me and I shed it off. I recognized there was something way back in my past. Something that's been hindering me. It's been tormenting my mind and I can't even, I haven't been able to get past it. But Lord, tonight, I'm laying it all down. I'd be a mess. I'd be a mess not to let the new respond to the Holy Spirit. But I pray that your faith rise tonight. Your faith rise tonight. And may it be unstoppable. We heard on the prayer meeting, we heard about the little sister who came. Jesus said to her, the crumbs, she was looking for a crumb. He called her a dog, but Abraham said she had many hindrances. Many hindrances. But her faith didn't have any. Not one hindrance. Her faith, he said, faith don't have hindrances at all. If you can reach out in faith, nothing will hinder that. You can get your mind caught up. You can get your imaginations caught up. But if your faith, if you can blast it all clear and your faith can ascend to the throne of God, there's nothing that will hinder that. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Yes, Jesus. His precious face. Let's just let the Lord move. Oh, it makes no difference what the cost. Oh, Sing it to him tonight. Oh, I don't want nothing here to hinder me. Yes, Lord. Oh, 
Lord, that I could go and pray with each one. Lord, my heart's so burdened. Lord, for I know the hearts of your people, oh God. Lord, don't want nothing holding them back. Lord, I'd stand at the altar. My hands are raised up, oh God. I don't want nothing, oh God, to hinder me. Lord, I cast down my thoughts that are contrary to your word, Lord. Lord, I want to take everything at your word. I want to be like Joshua. Lord, I can start marching around, Lord, the strongholds. Lord, may everyone that's standing here, they know what they're standing for, oh God. You know what their need is, Lord. Lord, may they grip grip a hold of the word of God. Whatever sparks something in their heart. And may, Lord, they lay siege to the enemy tonight, Lord. Oh God, that they could go forth with the fire and passion. Lord, they'll make a stir as Lord, you've already been stirring in our homes. Lord, may you not stir in the church. And Lord, may it, may it spread like fire, oh God. Lord, and continue exponential, Lord, to each one. Lord, if there's someone sitting in their seat, Lord, at home or in the sanctuary, Lord, may your Holy Spirit, and you know they need to be here, may your fire burn, oh God. May it burn a hole, Lord, so they get them out of their chair because you know their deliverance is here tonight for them, oh God. Move so sovereignly, I pray. Oh God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord, we're meaning business tonight. We're meaning business tonight, Lord. You said, Brother Michael, you're just screaming. You're just excited. You're just passionate. I am indeed. And I am after the devil that's hindering your soul. That's what we're passionate about. We're passionate about getting you to where you need to be so that you are unhindered in your walk with Christ so that you can cross that finish line. You bet I'm excited because your soul is worth 10,000 worlds and God is calling and I'm an excited minister to say, Holy Spirit, go after them. We heard Brother Murphy, his mom prayed like a maniac, she said. Maybe there should be some more maniacal praying because we need to touch the throw our horns to the altar. We need to grab a hold of it and we need to get earnest with God. We've been calling on prodigals. We're seeing them come back, but we want more. But her Pranam said, he said, he's the inexhaustible fountain of life 
And you cannot exhaust His goodness. Some people think, oh, I hate to call on God so much. That's what He wants you to do. You may you have not because you ask not. Because you're standing, sitting in your room. Or you're sitting in a pew. And you're not get, opening out your mouth. And you're not lifting your voice up and saying, oh God. I need to ask abundantly tonight. My stronghold is so huge. It's insurmountable. I need a great, great, great God to come on the scene. He said, that's what he wants you to do. You have not because you ask not. He said, ask big things. He said, I'm asking for hundreds of souls in this meeting. I said, oh God, is that beyond us? That we can ask for souls, hundreds of souls from service after service? If not, what God do we serve? Yeah, I'm asking every sick person enters that door will go out here well. If you're sick tonight, Brother Brandon prayed that then. I said, oh God, I'll pray that tonight. That every sick person leaving this building can be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, well, we'll go out believing. I believe till we go that there won't be another gathering together, but it'll be a revival. Yakima here. Satan's kept me out of here long enough. Oh God, Satan trying to keep our Lord Jesus out of this city long enough. We stand against you and the Holy Ghost will sweep through this city, through Blaine, Washington, through Bellingham, through Linden, through Surrey. I don't really care, but may he take you and you and you and stir this country up. Oh God, he said, you never got saved just to be a member of church. No, sir. He said, Lord, tonight we've come to the altar because we didn't just get saved to come to a church. We didn't get saved just at work. We don't dress up an army just to lay around on a corner, flirt with the girls and pretty uniforms on. He says, we train our army to fight. And we're not at a picnic. We're at battlegrounds. We're facing the enemy of our Lord Jesus and the enemy of our souls. He said, let us be up and doing with our heart for strife. Young people, old people, middle-aged people, may we leave tonight. There should be nothing unhindering us. And may this church go forth with such power and anointing to go and get what God has. If it's daddy's in a home, you get your home in order. Mommy's in a home, get your home in order. You start teaching your kids what we believe. You start opening that Bible. If they know more about Disney cartoons than they know about scripture, you are hindered. And that might sting. But oh God, I'd rather sting here than somewhere else. Lord, sting us. Let your word cut us. Do whatever it needs to do. Chastise us here. Judge us here. Oh God. Heavenly Father. Lord, I don't want to labor, but labor. The point, Lord, but I've, un- un- I've unloaded my burden, Lord. Lord, you do what you see fit now, oh God. You go to the homes, Lord. Lord, whether it be tonight, maybe it's tomorrow, I don't know. But you know, Lord Jesus. Lord, I commit the word that was spoken tonight. 
Lord, you forgive me if I said anything wrong, said anything amiss. Oh, God, sweep it from the memory. I want no man of this person to be injected into this, Lord. It's your word and your word alone that can deliver the people. It's your word alone that can break the chains. It's your word alone that can deliver the lost. It's your word alone that can go and get a prodigal and bring them up out of the pig pen. Lord God, Lord, sweep through our people. We desire you. We have a great love for you. We don't just want to play church, but we want to live church. We want to live this gospel, Lord, in front of our homes, in front of our families. Oh, God, we're seeing it already. Continue to move, oh, God. Continue to move, Lord. Continue to move. He touched me. He touched me.
You can walk away from church tonight. You can say, Lord, I don't know what happened, but something happened. Because I mean, I'm walking unhindered. I feel a hundred pounds lighter. That's because of cement of sin. The bricks of bondage have been freed from you tonight. If you reached out and identified and said, Lord, casting it down. Amen. Once my heart. I know the same key, but I'll hit it. Once my heart and soul are fettered. Once the great emancipator. Oh, once.
Oh my. We've all been slaves. Slaves to sin. But the great emancipator. I pray tonight, Lord, the chains were broken. Bondage been laid down. And are unhindered tonight. If you weren't walking out of here unhindered tonight, I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't leave. Don't leave, don't, don't leave your little room wherever you are. Say, Lord, I got to walk out of here. There ain't nothing on me. I'm walking and I'm running. Let me run with patience. Heavenly Father, Lord, we commit this little service, Lord. Wednesday night, forgive me, Lord, I went a little long. Lord, I'm knowing the burden. Or just humanness, Lord, not maybe knowing how to be more concise, Lord, forgive us. Lord, I pray, Lord, that people, Lord, were spoken to, Lord, your Holy Spirit. Lord, was pleased to move amongst us. Lord, and there, Lord, would be those that could walk away from here, Lord, that their souls are, Lord, are free to worship you. Lord, we bless the people. We commit them to you, Lord, each one that's at home. Many, Lord, battling this demon of COVID. Lord, we rebuke that demon in Jesus Christ's name. We continue to stand against it. Satan, what you don't realize is that you're contending against the bride of Jesus Christ. And we will not step back. We will not bow down. We will not be hindered by you. And so we'll praise our God. We will worship our God. We will stand in your faith, believing for our God has healed us. You may try and strike down some, and you and they will go home. But it's to your disgrace. Because they've only gone to glory where they continue to worship our Lord. Where they continue to praise Him. So no praise was ever lost. Only more. For they had a glorified body. So they can praise with more voice than we ever have. They can praise unending. For they live in a place that has no night. So we continue, Lord Jesus, to run this race. COVID or no COVID. Sickness or no sickness. Disease or no disease. We claim the blood. We claim the stripes of Calvary. We walk in faith. Believing. Staggering not, Lord, at the promise. God, give us courage, I pray, as we walk from these doors. Go to our workplaces. Go to our schools. Lord, walking with fire under our feet, oh God. We commit this congregation, both here and in the stateside, to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Forgive me, it's late. Have a wonderful evening. Bless you, Josh. Go home, Lord, be with you. You're dismissed. Bless you, Tim, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.